Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Here to introduce you to the great musicians and music businesses and organizations of Wisconsin. Every week, Wisconsin Music Podcast will be bringing you great information on what's happening in the Wisconsin music world. For our music-loving listeners, we'll bring you music that you haven't even heard of yet from unique and talented artists and hear about their journey so far. You'll either hear live performances of their songs or songs from their selected discography. For our musicians out there wondering what they can do to further their recognition, we'll be calling upon Wisconsin music businesses and organizations to enlighten you on what they're doing to help further your music journey. And now, here's your host, Zach. Thanks, Dean. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Podcast has been on hiatus for the last month, just way, way busy with the end of the school year. And last week with my kid's car getting stolen, uh, they did find it. So now it's at the auto body shop and they're going to make an estimate to see if it's totaled or not. And then we go from there. Good thing we had gap insurance in case we have to replace it because with the price of cars today, it's just nuts. I also just finished up mixing for the band Cool Zoo. So look forward to that coming out soon. And Alley Eyes just released their second single off the four song EP that I mixed for them and helped produce. So check out Alley Eyes' new single, which is called nothing at all so check that out as well on all streaming sites i also want to give a shout out to our voiceover announcer dean bundy um on june 5th he was at the acme comedy company and he won that night uh it's a contest that goes all summer and then they calculate all the points in august and the top 25 will move on to the semifinals. so Dean is on his way to bigger and better things. So congratulations to Dean, our great voiceover. But I digress. Let's talk about what we have today on our episode with Next Paperback Hero. This is with Nathan. And in his bio, it is written that he writes original music. It's a multi-instrumentalist and he's from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. The music of Next Paperback Hero walks the line between hope and heartbreak. Encouraging reflection of those who feel like outsiders. Lost souls searching for a path, looking to begin again. And you can hear that in his songs. I was just re-listening to his album that's on Bandcamp, and he's just a fantastic wordsmith, songwriter, instrumentalist. He has a lot of great stuff going on, and I encourage you to go and check out his stuff. Like I said, it's on Bandcamp. It is nextpaperbackhero.com bandcamp.com or you can go to his website nextpaperbackhero.com either way listen to his music it's to me my opinion obviously I just find it very very high level and I enjoy it very much listening to it and I will definitely be listening to it for years to come so let's get right into the conversation with Nathan from Next Paperback Hero Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. This week we have Nathan Horn, and he's going to talk to us today about his projects in music and what he's been up to lately. So welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Hey, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. 
why don't you give us your origin, music origin story? How did you get started in music and kind of give us a little timeline up to today? Yeah, uh, I grew up in a household of musicians. My Both my parents are, or at worst, at least were at some point church musicians. Um, and they got both me and my brothers, um, all of us playing music pretty early. They had piano lessons and I got into the brass and did like percussion and things like that. And mostly got my feet wet through playing at church uh, through them on a weekly and bi-weekly basis, uh, taking private lessons for uh, baritone, which eventually turned into tuba, which I'd, <laughs> I eventually went to college for uh performance for that uh all the while writing songs on guitar uh since i was about 13 and i picked it up um so those kind of two paths are going congruently like trying to learn all the instrumental stuff on the you know more classical side i guess with like tuba and then there's the uh singer songwriter side trying to be like the Beatles and all that kind of stuff uh, yeah. on the other. Uh, so eventually, while I was at college, I, I ditched the uh, tuba performance major and went for more of a general uh, audio production sort of deal. I uh, eventually sold my tuba, and uh, I no longer play. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> it was like something that I was good at, but I, I didn't necessarily love uh, that side of things very much. Um, and, uh, basically I've had bands, uh, rock bands, uh, in high school and college. And then when I got back into Milwaukee in, in uh, 2011, started, uh, doing a couple of folk bands, one called of the North and then another called whiskey doubles. And those are, those are the projects that preceded, uh, next paperback hero. I okay. did a little bit as Nathan Honore before that, but my name is not, the most uh, fun to pronounce and easy to see. It's not a, I always use the analogy in the area. It's not like uh, as catchy as uh, Kaylee Conway. She's got the, uh, the real clutch uh, singer songwriter. Solo yeah. um, so that's kind of how I came to, uh, to be with next paperback hero. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I, I'm a band director for high school in union Grove. And yeah, I understand, you know, it's really cool that you were part of that, you know, learning music you know cl through classical so i feel that that probably has influence you know either subconsciously or consciously in some of your music production yeah absolutely because i still i still use uh some of those tools like i i obviously i can notate music and things like that like i went th i i did get my music degree so like i've i i can't deny how integral that part of things is um, even on the record, like I'm writing out parts for my brother to play on trumpet okay. um, and things like that. So absolutely, it's um, part of the DNA that I, I will never be able to wash out. You know? Right, right. Have you ever thought of going back and playing either the baritone or tuba just for just for fun? I did buy a baritone shortly after I uh, sold the, the tuba because that's what I loved playing the baritone. And I got kind of shifted into tuba okay. in high school. Um, didn't really question it and just kind of went from there, but I did buy a baritone and I, I, I bring it out from time to time. Um, but I don't, I don't play as much like there's just, there's only so many hours in a day and I'd rather, I guess, practice, uh, right. my songwriting and play guitar and things like that. But it's, Great. I haven't completely shut that up. Yeah. And is there any instruments that, that you'd like to pick up that you haven't quite yet, but kind of like is in the back of your mind going, I might be cool someday to 
pick it up and play? Um, I don't know if there's any that I, I'm like dying to learn how to play. I'd like to get better at like piano, like, um, especially like I, I have limited skills there. Like I, there's some facility, but not to the level that I would really love like that familiarity and comfortability. Um, I actually do really love to play trumpet too, but I am absolutely awful. (laughs) Like when I give some demos to my brother, there's fracks and all right. It's just awful and flat. Um, so, like, those are two that I've always really liked to do um, that I wish I could do better, but, you know, so many hours. In a yeah. Day. So let's kind of talk about your, your newest project, Paperback. So why don't you kind of give us um, how you get out, how you got it started and kind of the process that took you all the way through to the finish line. Yeah, so like Next Paperback Hero, the name itself comes from my, my initials. Um, I I tried to do an anagram like uh, Chris Porterfield, the field report. He was able to do that for, for that project. My name doesn't anagram to anything. Um, and when you look at a lot of letters and try to arrange, rearrange them, they come up with like a lot of words with negative connotations because there's so many N's in them, okay. and, uh, like Nathan especially. And I want something that really could be a like bigger than me like just something that exists that's bigger than myself but not a just a band that exists that can go here and now and then be gone tomorrow like something that can be bigger and then something that has a positive connotation so i kind of did a stream of consciousness with the nph and kind of wrote down all these words that i thought that, that that resonated with me in some way eventually weaning it down to these couple and the way the next paperback hero came like it flowed out when i put it on paper and i flowed out of my mouth and to have it um you know paperback like it's my favorite kind of book to read and there's obviously you know there's like i mentioned the the fan of the beatles like paperback writers obviously like those things are just in my my uh musical dna so and they just came through naturally. I didn't plan to have a wink at, you know, the Beatles or anything like that. It's right. Just, that's just a, a part of it. So I had that as kind of this building block of like, as like the, the cornerstone, I guess, of what I can do with my music. And um, I wasn't sure what it sounded like yet because I've been doing so many things solo and not necessarily going beyond that and trying to really hone my songwriting but I'd feel that I got to a certain point that I wanted to to make the release and to put something real out there. Because I'd done a handful of EPs before and a, a single or two, but nothing to the level that I knew it could be. Um, so I was experimenting with the sound a little bit before 2020, but really once we got into the early stages of the pandemic, that allowed me a lot of time to really just focus in and try a whole bunch of things like there's a song on the record weather the storm i think that i have like 15 or 20 like complete versions of like multi-track that i um just tried all these things and eventually landed on the sound that uh is on the record um i just felt like i really needed to create during that time like i i started working from home and like you know without that commute on a reliable basis like it's just i had all this time and i wanted to use it constructively i needed to 
speed all of the energy or lack of energy that I was feeling from the stage into into something, into something positive and try to put something out into the world. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of the long and short of the how the record came to be. Where, Excellent. And then, um, so when you're writing for this project, um, can we go into a little bit more detail where you pulled inspiration from for it? Like in terms of the uh, like songwriter or bands yeah. or that influence what, like what, sound? Yeah, like what the songs are based around. If it's you know one of those albums that um, has a main theme, or is it just um, different things going on in each song? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. Um, sonically, the things that I was really looking to as like uh, guideposts are some early at Elliot Smith records, um, like uh, the National, and then early White Stripes records as well. So okay. like in and on the Elliott Smith and White Stripes side, there's kind of a rawness that is with those recordings, um, especially the earlier stuff that's done before either going into a fancier studio or um, just done a little bit more simply. And then the Nationals kind of on the other end of the spectrum where those are very polished and um, everything's very, very purposeful with those records. But there's there's aspects of the, all of those things that I really love. And I really want to make a record at home, like using the technology that I have available to me, like a $350 interface and an SM57 and 58. I'm like thinking about all these records um, that have either been glorified for that sort of thing in the past, like Boney Bear's um, Forema, that was, you know, there was a whole story about him recording that in the cabin. You mm -hmm. find out later how how much gear he actually had there and like a, like this insane Pro Tools rig and yeah. you know, like there's a mythos there that I like, I fell in love with, but you find out it's not as true. And I'm like, this is 20, well, at the time it was 2020, like we certainly technology has to have developed to a level where I can get these ideas out and put them into a place where if I hand it to somebody else to mix and master, it gets to that level that I think it can be. Um, so that's what I'm doing there. And that's kind of, uh, um, where the Sonics came from and, uh, in, on songwriting end, um, Elliot Smith for sure is a huge influence, uh, along with, um, field report and then i was discovering bruce springsteen a lot through the pandemic that was kind of one of my like uh i don't know how like it's just something i zeroed in on and i started to l figure out his catalog i was never a fan before like okay. i i kind of hated the bombastic born in the usa kind of vibe i'm like i don't get it like this doesn't make any <laughs> sense to me like why do people love this um, but I, I like listened to the all like 28 hours of his audio, uh, book, like, but okay. his autobiography and I watched his uh, special on Netflix, um, and just started to pick away at a couple of records and started to understand what that was all about. And it, I, I know it, it found its way into a couple of songs, um, 
Bowie and Beatles are kind of at like the bedrock of where my influences come from. But I don't, those aren't as obvious when it comes down to what things sound like. I don't yeah. think anymore. More of just like instincts that kind of guide the process, I think. Cool. Yeah. yeah, cool. Very cool. And if you want, we could put like three songs on the podcast that people can listen to, you know, kind of get their, pique their interest. Sure. Yeah. The, uh, the one I mentioned before uh, is called Weather the Storm. Um, that that one definitely was like the started the whole thing. It was like the blueprint for the record. Not every song sounds like that, but that kind of gave me the general direction. Um, it it features my uh, college roommate and and good friend Nick Zulik on saxophone, and um, my brother actually did a, a few little synths on it as well. But that one uh, that one's been in the works for a long, long time, and. Um, probably since early 2015 or 2016 about the time of the uh, uh of that elections uh cycle and all the things that were coming about um seeing another side of the country that you know in my position I'd, i haven't seen as much or the hope that i had felt uh prior seemed to be washing away uh, so i tried to boil that all down into into a, something with a little bit more hope um, so I'm try, trying to talk about, you know, weathering the storm and being there for each other is kind of the, the crux of that one. These wounds have been festering for a long time. We're living in the adolescent fantasy. Men with skin like mine The cuts were never cleaned The pain ignored And if there's time to heal now Things can't be like they were before Look into my eyes and tell me that I'm wrong you and I can weather the storm Look into my eyes and tell me that I'm wrong You and I can weather the storm
to the other side Or are we standing in the eye? Look into my eyes and tell me that I'm wrong You and I can weather the storm Look into my eyes and tell me that I'm wrong You and I can weather the storm Look into my eyes and tell me that I'm wrong The album starts with a song called Face My Time, and that one that one features my brother on trumpet. Uh, he does a really beautiful solo uh, on there, and that one's just a really kind of nice introduction to the record and the themes of kind of hope and hopeless and uh, hope hopelessness, heartbreak, like riding that really fine line. Um, you know the the phrase face my time it's meant in a way of i need to like look myself in the mirror acknowledge how much time i have left how much time i may have wasted or used poorly or whatever and i need to take the next step i don't know what that step is especially in that song but it's an analyzing that process and of looking yourself in the face and seeing what needs to happen uh, it definitely has a more subdued vibe um, in general with a lot of acoustic guitar, finger picking, and uh, some haunting synths as well.
song to, to really touch on is the closer uh, called Don't Take My Energy. actually just did a music video for that that released uh, in end of January with Joe Ludwig, um, who's done a, a bunch of fabulous work with a band called Fuzzy Surf, uh, and among others in the area. And um, this one, it's kind of a, it leans more in the rock and roll sense. It, it's uh it kind of goes on the opposite end of face my time. It's the, uh, it's it's a more of a declaration uh, to way uh, a way to end the record on a note like. It's almost looking at the same question with a different way of okay. instead of what comes next. It's like I'm doing like I'm moving forward, and and don't don't stop like don't stop me. Don't take my energy away. Don't sap that away. I am moving ahead. And it's really kind of on a bombastic note um, that kind of sets up next paperback hero for whatever comes next. And uh, it's it's kind of a launch point to me after a pretty uh, emotional journey throughout the rest of the record. Cloud of yesterday fade away. I can't stay. I won't be detained. Don't take my, don't take my energy away from me. Don't take my, don't take my energy away from me. 
stay Had me reeling and then I love the lines I set outside to stop my deeds The darkness deepens but I won't let them in Don't take my, don't take my energy away from me Don't take my, don't take my energy away from me Feeling heavy again tonight. Breaking bottles, drowning sorrows in Milwaukee again. The well is empty, and my heart is feeling heavy again tonight. Breaking bottles, drowning sorrows in Milwaukee again. Till I see the light, till I see the light. So talked about um, being in other groups as well. Can you talk a little bit on um, the local music scene? Have you had experience um, interacting with your local music scene? And if so, what were the positives that you've seen that you felt really good about your local music scene? Yeah, from from the earlier days, like uh, like I kind of mentioned, I came back to Milwaukee in 2011. I grew up in West Dallas, um, but um, I didn't get make, find my way back here until 2011. Um, I think things were very much in flux as a music scene at that point, and I couldn't really find my way into a way that felt meaningful or a real community. There was a handful of bands that I was able to connect with, um, and we would play with each other and, and do all of that. But I was able to get my feet wet at least. I just really didn't have that community vibe at that point. Um, but over the last probably four years, which is a little weird thing to say, having like two of those years basically right. absent. Yeah. But even seeing things digitally online and, and through socials through that time, 
Um, and especially over the last uh, six to 12 months, I, I see a lot more sharing, um, a lot more support for uh, each other, not only just not only just promoting the people that are on your show, but like actually other bands being fans of each other and like sharing what their successes have been, how they got there, uh, where they've had missteps and how to avoid them. Like there's far more of a vibrancy in the community aspect of the Milwaukee music scene than I ever experienced firsthand before, but also that I would witness from, uh, from afar as a fan. Because even during all those early years where I didn't really feel like a part of it, I've always been observant and like I, I keep track of you know who's getting talked about whose music is resonating with me and and how are they getting there like through publications like milwaukee record and the shepherd express like keeping tabs on all of those things through all of these years and even how they talk about them and how those people talk about other projects if they if they do um i feel like that's evolving into a place where it's become a much healthier uh, overall community um i see a lot of desire for change and inclusivity and a lot of and and doing that in a way that makes sense uh for everybody involved um and to have it just be just more celebrated celebratory of each other and the city like there's a more of a pride now versus yeah. a chip on the shoulder mm-hmm. like I, I've never been a part of the Chicago music scene or any of that, but like, it feels like we're close to at least establishing our own identity and saying this is who we are. And I hope you you know come here too, and we can be a part of like the the national thing, you know, right. instead of being the flyover city. Yeah, and you know, Milwaukee and Wisconsin in itself is usually known for more like cover bands and the like, and you as being more of a original music um performer uh, do you find a lot of obstacles or do you feel it's like the doors are opening up better now yeah i mean that's a that's a great point that not a lot of folks talk about is yeah it's a it's a huge and successful place for cover bands absolutely um i i don't think i've experienced any negativity because of that uh at least in the way that i'm approaching music now about five years ago, I was kind of riding the line of uh, playing the three-hour bar gigs that are, you know, sometimes done by uh, cover bands or cover artists that are just doing, you know, three hours of, of uh, you know, cover music. And I'd say the only thing that really I can think of that may have hurting is just the the, the pay that is associated with that or... Um, what some folks are, are willing to accept that, you know, makes it harder for other venues to justify paying artists, you know, a little bit more when, yeah. you know, X other place is playing than this and plenty of people are doing it. Um, but I, it, Milwaukee is somewhat of an anomaly in like that there it's, it is more original music based than anything. Although like on, it's like, on the fringes and then the church festivals are where you really see the cover bands uh, mm-hmm. um, 
hit hard and not in a bad way like i i feel like that's a absolutely valid thing uh it's it, it brings a lot of a joy to a lot of people including the folks making the music i never want to knock on it at all um it's it's just it's it is a very completely different scene yeah um and i used to work with a lot of folks that were in that scene and it just it feels like it just a little bit of mutual respect um but i haven't seen anything that's like at least firsthand that would make me uh think poorly of that being part of the culture yeah no i'm not trying to say it's a negative thing i'm just saying it it just it's more prominent than than original music performers right now but it seems like the balance is starting to become more balanced between the two sure yeah especially in in the area here and as more places are opening up and and a few people are feeling good about going out and seeing music and you know like i never wanted like especially with how many there turned out to be i never wanted to make a pandemic record but there there have been a lot of them a lot of people that have released music in the last 12 to 16 months yeah uh, that they made during that time so like a lot of folks have this is our first opportunity to promote that and to play it in front of people. Like I never played, I think I maybe played one version of one of the songs on the record into to an audience before it was recorded. Um, other than, you know, a handful of, uh, online virtual, uh, concerts, which you're, right. not, you're not getting the, that same feel, you know, that you do in a, a room. So I think, uh, I can speak for myself surely that like I'm eager to continue to get that feedback for on this record, but also the writing that I'm doing now and, and seeing more and more of that going on for sure. Yeah. So when it, when did paperback come out? Uh, the, the record itself that yeah. came out in, um, um, September of 2021. Okay. So like six months ago, basically. Mm-hmm. Cool. And have you gotten a lot of great positive feedback on it yet? Yeah, uh, I had a ton of support. I was, I'm very thankful for all the local publications that shared it. Uh, first of all, like Milwaukee Record, Shepherd, Breaking and Entering. Um, and I had a couple of nods from uh, the Journal Sentinel as well. Um, and cool. like a October, like top 10 songs to listen to, and then ended up being on their uh, 2021 top albums of Milwaukee. Um, and that really helped spread the word and spread it to more people because i did i didn't have many opportunities to perform at all in 2021 um i was so focused on putting the record out i didn't book anything necessarily because everything was so back and forth it was right. like a yo-yo um so like until january uh 2022 was basically the first time i was able to start playing playing these songs in front of people and getting their reactions and it's been really beautiful and i'm very thankful that people are connecting with it as much as i had hoped they would like as cathartic as it is for me to write record and play these songs for folks like i want them to you know help and resonate with others so the reception has been um far greater than i could have uh, ever dreamed of and i'm very congrats thank you congrats so do you have any gigs coming up that people can go out and check you, out you performing? Nothing that's solid uh, after May right now. Like in April, I'm playing at the Milwaukee Records Midweek Music Series. Um, and there's a, a handful of things that are not 100% like contract signed for, for outdoors. But um, 
hopefully there will be but i don't have anything solid right now to uh promote in that in that sense okay and then i take it that you have a website that people can go and check that out um, what's the name of your website nextpaperbackhero.com okay that's perfect a little side note you kind of just said you don't have contract signs so it sounds like you're the type of person that needs to have a contract when you go out and play um how important do you find that with dealing with um venues it's it's pretty new to me and it seems to be have been more common now than i ever experienced before um just in the the handful of shows that i've done so far there were uh like i'd say 75 percent of them had them um and then the ones that i that there are a few that i'm working on that um they're they're having it all there i think it's great like it's completely um transparent about what is happening what we're expecting from each other um not only monetarily but like just in terms of investment uh and of time and energy and um this what we think of each other that they that that offer is even on the table for me to accept or negotiate or whatever i uh like i said this isn't pretty new but i find it really refreshing and um a lot easier to work this way like instead of guessing and starting you know trying to guess what you're worth you know in that sense too like Mm -hmm. uh or scaring folks away and all that stuff it's it's been really um positive for me anyways and um for musicians that are just starting out do you have any advice for them just you know kind of like red flags or anything like that that you look out for when they start going out and performing like from that from that kind of standpoint of uh from any any uh perspective that you've had either recording or performing i i do think that from everything that i've seen in the last 11 years as a uh, observer or a participant in the scene it really pays off to have a substantial piece of work that you can point to pretty quick if you're trying to get out there whether that be a single that's uh, really well done an ep or an album like to have or or a music video or any combination thereof that has really helped me personally and i've seen it work for so many other bands for them to get into the publications and to be um, received in a way that you know they that feels good that you're, you're actually uh, showing your worth and that you are you are invested in your work as well by taking these steps and and by like a substantial piece of work I only mean whether you try to mix it yourself which I, I tried to do and I'm not I, I have skills but they can only take me so far um, mix it yourself or professionally have it mixed uh, but certainly mastered has to be mastered even for uh, 88.9 requires that on their radio station um, but it makes all the difference in the world. And you take away a lot of the questions that folks can have about your credibility or just the quality of the music. If it's at a, this baseline level that can sound all right against commercial artists who are paying tens of thousands of dollars for their recordings, you kind of then people can just focus on the music itself. That, right, the thing exactly. that we are, we're doing this for, the thing that we love. Like if you take away all the... Uh, crackles if unless you want that like there's you know you get rid of all those things and just make it a little bit more polished um it makes all the difference in the world i think to how 
not just the media, but everyone will receive it. Because even if I find that if uh, just fans of music, if they're not musicians or anything themselves, they may not be able to pinpoint what about a recording is like not resonating with them, but it can be a turnoff to have a low quality piece of work that yep. it, it can distract away from the music. And so that would be my number one thing is just take away that wall, like just eliminate that as if you can um, and get that out there as soon as you're comfortable um, putting that statement piece out there. Cool. Yeah. I tell my clients a lot too. It's like you, you should get it mastered. If you're going to try to, you know, be up there with everybody else, it's, it has to be mastered. There's no yeah. if, ands, or buts about it. Absolutely. I tried to sidestep, sidestep that for the first like couple of EPs that I've done and it, it's night and day, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's completely night and day. And I wish I'd been doing it from the get go. Well, you can always get those remastered. You see everybody doing that now. Right. Right. <laughs> what about influential, influential or impressionable gigs that you've been a part of either as an audience member or on stage? Why don't you, you have any stories about that? Well, one that really sticks out as a performer was uh, a New Year's Eve Eve show that I did a long time ago uh, with this band, Pay the Devil, um, and it was it was at Tonic Tavern, and for some reason, like all everything came together that night. I was feeling like absolute garbage, and I had like <laughs> done. Um, yeah, you know, like uh, all the cough medicine and possible oh, man. cocktail of everything, and like it was, uh, it was, it was going to that, and I was like had zero expectations because I felt so poorly. We'd never met the guys and pay the devil before. It was this brand new connection, um, and there was just something in that night that made it absolutely magical. Like everybody was there for each other this audience showed up and it was brilliant. And like, we were all smiling and laughing at each other on stage. It was just a really, really beautiful night that I will never forget. Um, and I have no idea why it worked as well as it did. I've never had that replicated exactly like that ever again, but there are moments of when I have gigs these days, um, just had one this last weekend at circle a that, had a very similar community vibe to it where everyone was kind of there for each other. And that kind of amplified the entire night into something really special. Um, as a viewer, as a concert goer, I think of what has been the really maybe influential, but the biggest one that I can think of is uh, it kind of it was about two years ago from basically right now. My wife and I went to go see Lumineers at uh, Pfizer Forum. Okay, and it was it was the night like when we were having dinner on the TV in the bar. You could see that they were announcing that the NBA was shutting down, and then we were like, "We're we're still alright, right? Like we're still good." <laughs> <laughs> we go into this thing and, and I like. The Lumineers were just touring on this brand new record. Um, we were all jazzed about it, and they showed up in a big way. Um, even on the encore, I think somebody gave the uh, lead singer a Bucks uh, a jersey, and he played a bunch in that. And 
I think everyone there could kind of tell that something was happening, even if we didn't know what, because it was a very, very electric audience and okay. very responsive. And it ended up being the their last show of their tour. They, that's where they ended up having to cancel, and that's where it stopped. And like, uh, I, I I don't know how I'd ever be able to forget that yeah. as an experience, like ever. It's such a milestone in in my life now, you know. Yeah, I was. Um, it was like a month before we shut down, and me and my wife were in Seattle. We went and saw um, Brandy Carlisle at the seattle symphony with and it was like pretty much as soon as we got back was like all of a sudden COVID started talking so it's just like wow it's one of those like you said one of those things you'll never forget yeah and it's like the power that that night can hold what you remember not only just because of where it stands in the timeline but you think about the absence of that kind of experience for so long and like the appreciating every nuance and like everything i don't know about if you had the similar experience but i just like trying to remember so many details from that night in the following weeks you know mm-hmm. I was trying to take all those mental snapshots and make sure i really archive them properly right exactly exactly work-life balance do you find that a challenge or do you have a pretty good control over that i i i do have a really good control over that but i have a really good job that uh, allows a lot of that pretty easy like it's very flexible um i had work from home capabilities that i didn't utilize as much before the pandemic mm-hmm. but um since then uh i have been 100% work from home um and that in itself i think has just given me so much time to make sure that i am exercising and that i'm not doing uh that not my entire life is not just on the stopwatch um there's pitfalls to obviously being work from home too but in general um it's been hugely beneficial for that work-life balance even though my workplace is also my home which is also where i work on my music we have a house that um allows me to move around and to refresh different spaces as I need to, or to even just, you know, instead of taking a lunch break in a uh, office space, like to take my lunch break and go for a walk, like, especially as, you know, spring is coming and all those things, like all of that fuels, um, all the positivity and to make sure that the the balance is maintained that I never had even semblance of before that. Um, and it, it, you know, gives me, I make sure that I have the energy to put into my music, into my art and, and, and still have the energy to learn new recipes uh, in the kitchen and to, you know, like I said, and exercise in a meaningful way that it's not just, going to the gym for X amount of minutes because that's literally all that I have. Like, right, you know, right, right. <laughs> it it's fuels things in a really positive way. So I'm very fortunate and lucky to have a really work, good work life balance in that situation. And the last thing I ask is what's on your playlist right now? What artists are catching your ear? That's, you know, really want you to, that's really making you take a deep dive and really listen to what they're doing. I'm kind of in an in-between zone for a new artist to really do a deep dive on because I kind of, I, I, I probably just a month ago kind of finished my Bruce Springsteen 
uh, deep dive that has okay. been going on for like uh, almost two years now. Right, right. The catalog is so huge. So I'm kind of on the lookout for that next artist to give another shot. Um, I just had some recommendations for uh, how to get into REM, which I was never really into. I, I don't dislike their music, but I just couldn't understand why so many people love them. So I, I might be uh, going down that rabbit hole a bit. Um, I've been going through old national uh, recordings because um, while I'm a huge fan, I, I still don't know all of their work. And I do enjoy uh, uh, still discovering that in new ways. Um, but I'm always listening out for what's what's happening in the local scene too. And there's a band called Bug Moment um, that is doing some really exciting things in the area. Um I always go back to Immortal Girlfriend as a, a local band that is constantly on my playlists. Uh, feel like I'm missing a, a big one in there, but like, yeah, trying to keep my ear finger on the pulse of what's happening here and what releases are happening, and make sure that I'm supporting them and to uh, amplify everybody else's message as well as my own. So it's a uh, I try to do the it's it's kind of my balance right now is a ton of local acts and then a couple of deep dives on right. uh, on some stuff yeah cool all right so where can everybody go and hear your music besides your website that's that's the easiest place to go for sure nextpaperbackhero.com and i can get you all the links to everywhere otherwise uh on socials um there's usually the, like the link tree that has all the relevant links but uh Next Brave Rack Hero is on uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram and then NPHMKE on uh, Twitter as well. I'm not on the TikTok. I, I can't do that. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not there yet. Um, do you, Is it up on uh, Bandcamp? Because a lot of people like to go there too. Yep. it's on The record is on Bandcamp and uh, on all the streamers as well. Okay. Well, Nathan, thank you so much for being on the Wisconsin Music Podcast. It was a great conversation. Really enjoyed our talk, and I hope you have a great evening. Me too. Thank you very much. I appreciate this. Well, I had a great time talking with Nathan. I hope you enjoyed listening to that conversation and hearing his music. Go check him out at Next Paperback Hero. Check him out on his Bandcamp, his homepage, his website. All his links are in the show notes. See you all next week. Sit in search of peaceful tones While age erodes the corners of the pages Of the books we very nearly wrote Abandoned at a thousand different stages Within my heart beyond my grasp The words just never seem to come Exercise in looking back At these unfinished drafts and plans undone We've got to cross that finish line Beyond the walls within our minds Close your eyes and say goodbye We've got to cross that finish line With every hour they fade away
of mason jars It's only then I realize They glow much brighter from afar So let it fly and let it go I'll redefine this mess of expectations The tattered clothes and broken bones All the artifacts and maps of paths I've taken 